going to fight anymore. I'm also just a girl. I hate to float. Standing in front of a boy. Such a great audience. Come on, y'all talkers up in here. Hey everyone, welcome back to When Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Josh, here with... Mella, Lacey, and Rashawn. Uh, before we get going, make sure to smash that like button, hit subscribe. Uh, we post YouTube videos every day. Uh, check us out on our OnlyFans. Yeah, you have $5 off if you... Uh... Subscribe to all four. Uh-huh. There's $5 per each of us or mm-hmm. $15 for the for all four of us. That's a deal. I have not been taking feet pics, so if I am a part of this, someone has been taking pictures of my feet without my consent. Serious question, Lacey. Do you think OnlyFans is only feet pics? Absolutely not. No. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, baby. <laughs> but also, um, while you're searching for us, uh, go to Good Pods, go to Spotify, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Google Podcasts, um, open the podcast section on your Zoom and make sure to hit five stars, like, uh, follow us, leave a review. If not, um, I'll reach through the phone and um, throw your emergency brake on while you're driving. Joshua, Alan. Jesus Christ, where are we? We've lost control of the pod. <laughs> when was God. the last time I hosted? A long like... time. <laughs> Actually, it was just Dune. Yeah, like yeah, it hasn't ago. even been. It just feels <laughs> like, like, like yesterday. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you're gonna edit any of that out, Rashawn. I'm sorry. If not, what are you guys watching? <laughs> <laughs> For no particular reason whatsoever, I rewatched three fantastic movies: um, Spider-Man Two, Evil Dead Two, and a very fun choice for Carmela: Drag mm. Me to Hell. And what how was that think? for both of you? Yeah. Rashawn be watching some crazy stuff. <laughs> He's so watching good. some crazy stuff. They're so good. They're all three just. Mwah. I will say that it did prepare me for today. I I said I should have brought it to the prod, and she said, "Yeah, you should have. You should have." <laughs> so Are I might bring October? I might bring Drag Me to Hell. I don't yeah. know how you guys feel. Stay about fucking it, but... tuned. I've never seen it. It's wild <laughs> to think about on. the guy who directed. Spider-Man 3 was also the guy who directed Drag Me to Hell. Yeah, it is. It's weirder. Spider-Man 3 is weirder than Drag Me to Hell. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, For him, considering where he started. Yeah. uh, Staying on theme a little bit, Lacey and I finished Moon Knight. I loved it. Uh, Last time we checked, you stopped, right? Yeah, I I, I think I'm good. (laughs) Not, And this is not a like, oh, it sucked. I'm not watching. I'm just... (laughs) (laughs) it's not that it sucks it's just um it's the least appealing thing i've ever watched Uh, no the answer to that was like if somebody was like did you want a refill and you're like oh i'm good like that's just (laughs) yeah no thank you but it's free (laughs) you didn't like it no it was it wasn't cold enough no no it's fine i'm good we can add more ice it's free no i'm good i said i'm good Uh, Moon Knight has maybe my favorite episode of any Disney Plus Marvel show. This episode five, the second to last episode. 
I initially was a little skeptical. I really enjoyed the first two episodes, but I was skeptical because of how different they changed, how much they changed the character. They made him very different than the comics, and I'm a big Moon Knight guy in the comics. But they stuck the landing, and I'm very interested to see if or what happens next with the character. But it was also very cool that not from start to finish, there wasn't a single thing that had to do with the extended Marvel Universe. There wasn't a reference to, there's not a reference going forward. It was the most self-contained thing they've ever made. Like, even more than Black Widow. It was awesome. It ended, and I was like, but that's it? That's it? Um, Oh, don't take it away. No. Yeah, it was really good. Oscar Isaacs is just incredible. That's daddy. incredible. Yeah, we heard we heard you. <laughs> um, can I go off theme completely? Yeah. I watched a great movie this week called How It Ends, uh, starring and written and directed by Zoe Lister Jones. It is an indie film that was filmed during 2020, primarily outside, six feet apart because it was very early in the pandemic when nobody still really knew what was going on. It's about the last day on earth and what you would do with your last 24 hours. And you follow Zoe Lister-Jones character around Silver Lake, California, kind of tying up her loose ends with her parents, her ex-best friend and ex-lover. And all the while she's accompanied by a younger manifestation of herself. So her teen self is following her around, helping her, like, tie up all of these loose ends. And it's just, I'm a huge Zoe Lister-Jones fan. I think she is so cool, and she's so creative and funny and smart. And the movies that she has made so far have just been 10 out of 10s for me. So if you are not familiar with her work, start with Band-Aid. Um, and then watch how it ends. They are both on Amazon Prime right now. At what I would not give to work with her. She is like filmmaker goals <laughs> for me. I also watched um, what felt like 40 minutes of Top Gun Maverick. Uh, <laughs> don't say anything. I, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? I was, How? I was you late. see more movies than all three of us put together. I, I know, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know how I've avoided that like extended preview, but I have, and I haven't seen any trailers. So I'm really I'm really excited. Been to the movies only with you. I never go to the movies by myself, and I've seen it a lot. I've I've seen a trailer, but I have not seen the the trailer trailer that we all we've all seen is the one that's been going around for three years now. The because Rashawn came in at the wire for when we went and saw this movie, and so he didn't see this was this was unique to Doctor Strange. This thirty for real though, like fifteen minutes. It was a whole scene of the movie that was like, what's all. left? What haven't we seen? You know. <laughs> all right. Anyway, we can't keep dancing around the bush. What are we fighting about today, Josh? Hmm. We all went and saw Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. The nightmare begins. I 
I did what I had to do. To protect our world. You cannot control everything, Strange. You opened the doorway between universes. And we don't know who or what will walk through it. Wanda, what do you know about the multiverse? Viz had his theories. He believed it was dangerous. He was right. I'm sorry, Stephen. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the 2022 uh, action adventure fantasy superhero movie starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Benedict Wong, Xochitl Gomez, and Rachel McAdams. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness follows Doctor Stephen Strange as he runs from a multi-universal threat, accompanied by new hero America Chavez. Wanda and Wong are also in the movie. Um, directed by who? Sorry, I was so nervous about my own. It is directed by the incomparable Sam Raimi, of course. And composed by? Danny Elfman, which we'll talk about both of those gentlemen in greater detail in just a moment. Again, new movie. Always a risk going into this. So ultimately, I'll give give the broad strokes. We're going to do the spoiler-free broad strokes reviews. I liked this movie. Um, Is it my favorite Marvel movie? No. Uh, does it have some of my favorite movement moments? Yes. Ultimately, though, given what they had to do, what they, the story they had to tell, and the way they told it, and the way they kept some things a secret, I was impressed walking away from this movie. It was interesting to go from Scott Derrickson to Sam Raimi in terms of Doctor Strange because he's probably the most, the most visually appealing member of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which gives the directors the most to do, and it's very interesting to see their comparisons between Doctor Strange 1 and 2. But ultimately, I enjoyed myself. I'll give it a thumbs up. Someone at work today asked me what my one-word review of Doctor Strange was, and it was, um, yeah. (laughs) That is my one-word review. Um, Mela, I want to hear from you first. You know, spoiler free review. Yes, I've had a few days to really mull this over Mm -hmm. and come to you on this mic with a really good statement. But um, because I'm me, I don't have that. I don't know how I feel about this movie. I again, I didn't have a bad time, but I definitely like other Marvel movies 100% more than this. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, at work, somebody was like, what did you think? And I was like, and they're like, oh, no. And I was like, no, <laughs> that's not even like a bad. It's not bad. It's 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 not bad. But um, it's not good. So, I'll say that. Whoa. <laughs> there's some there's some parts that I liked. And there's some parts that I'm like, oh, huh? Where's your thumb at? My thumb is at like four o'clock. That's that down. Oh, that's down. Yeah, shit. That's down. Three thirty. That's still down. Okay. <laughs> Anything after three o'clock is down. <laughs> okay, two thirty. There we go. Okay. Hey. Two thirty. Two thirty. So like a passing grade, like a D, like a double D. Um, what is it you say, Josh? D's get degrees. D's get degrees, baby. <laughs> that piece of paper don't don't mind whatever you got on your report card. Um, Lacey, what do you think? You know, we walked out of the theater and I was like, I don't know. 
I don't know how I feel about this. I need to sit with this for a while. I need to think about it. And it's been a few days. And I think I really liked this movie. Hell yeah. I did not see the first Doctor Strange. I think that is the only Marvel the only Marvel movie in the entire cinematic universe that I've not seen. So I didn't have a point of reference from that movie. But I don't feel like that detracted at all from my experience. I don't think I needed to watch that. I feel like it was really just about what I learned from WandaVision. I think I really liked this movie. And I think something important that you left out of your synopsis is that this is the first Marvel movie to be uh, classified in the horror genre as well. So yeah, I, I ultimately thumbs up over here. Tight. Rashawn. Hey, Josh. Rashawn, what did you think? So the last thing Lacey said, this is one of the first MCU films to classify itself as a horror movie. I've had a pretty contentious relationship with the MCU on this show, starting with The Avengers, one of the first movies we did. But when you announce Sam Raimi as the director, you kind of punch my ticket. Um, He made one of my favorite horror movies period and he was gonna be able to let loose in this movie because it's the multiverse and you know what can you do um i didn't like it oh <laughs> shit <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna paraphrase my letterbox a little bit this has some of my favorite things that the mcu has ever done fantastic all right let's let's take it from there let's run that spoiler tag <laughs> There are some sequences that are incredible, but it's in a movie that I just could not gel with. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Uh, let's my talk biggest, about it now. Yeah. Let's talk about it now? Yeah. Why couldn't you gel with it? Or do we need to run the spoiler tag quick? Yeah, uh, we do. I think we do. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's the thing. It's like, I, I think the Emperor is starting to have no clothes because I'm, I'm just like, uh, I think I'm at my cat with not america what does that mean with the mcu and uh, there was a scene maybe like 15 minutes into the movie where two characters there's no magic involved no action are having a conversation at a wedding and their screen (laughs) looks about as good as the screen behind me and i was just so (laughs) like what is this is like a 90 million dollar movie and it's the second best multiverse movie we've seen this year and it just that's not wrong. I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. But the moments when it was like, okay, fuck all that, Sam Raimi, it was hard, you know. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Run that spoiler tag. Um I, we'll play it, but I don't know why you're clicking on this episode if you haven't seen it yet. You're a psychopath. It's f- but it's been a few weeks. Yeah. You've had your time. Before this tale, bloody revenge reaches its climax. I have a few unanswered questions. It's our little secret. My girlfriend already seen the movie. She said they're only excited to get in the end. Okay, so there's a lot to they. I think that's why everyone was sort of not shell shocked, but sort of like, oh shit, I don't know, walking out of the theater because. This movie covers so much ground, but also doesn't, but it does, like, it moves fast as fuck. 
for one, out the gate, get the big spoiler out of the way, as the trailers would not have you believe, Wanda is the antagonist of the movie. The Scarlet Witch is the antagonist of the movie. The trailers hint that there's going to be a team-up of some kind between her and Strange, and that Baron Mordo, played by Chiwetel Ejiofor, is sort of the antagonist. That's sort of the vibe the trailers get. So out the gate, things change, which I enjoy. I love a good switcheroo because I have found that as much as I try, I cannot avoid trailers because I'm a little slut. I can't <laughs> stop watching trailers as hard as I try. So if you gave me a fake trailer, I am not one of those people that's mad about it. Fool me, fool me, fool me, because I can't stop myself. Can we start at the beginning? Yeah, what's up? Okay. Are we talking the beginning, the, the beginning? Yeah, like... With America and other Steven? Yes. Okay. So I think this is kind of where I like, I mean, I agree with Rashawn with what he said, but this is, I'm talking about the look of the MCU and these recent movies where it's just, there is so much money. Why does it look like garbage? And the beginning of the movie, it looks so bad that I thought it was intentional. The opening, like, in the break of the multiverse? Yeah, so that you have... Bad. you Yeah, yeah. So you have him in this... We don't know yet what it is. He's just, like, on this planet. He's in this other universe. Shit's going down. He sees this girl who... We don't know what's going on. But it's happening, and I'm like, oh, it's it's a dream. Or it's... Yeah, like it's 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 some this is not real. So mm -hmm. this is why it looks like this because it can't possibly look like this because this is a multi-million dollar movie. It's Marvel. It's a Marvel movie. So they're kind of making it look a little cheesy. That way when we do have Doctor Strange wake up, we're like, "Oh, it is a dream." But the thing is, we come to find out soon after that it's it's not a dream. It's just So was it <laughs> Was it the monster that didn't look real? Was it the fact that the world was purple? Like, what What flagged in your brain as this looks bad? All of it. <laughs> so, listen. Listen. The movie started, and I was like, immediately, no. This is why I didn't see the first Doctor Strange movie. I have no interest in watching. No offense to CGI artists. I know I'm always bagging on it, but. I have no interest in watching humans in a CGI world. That's not what I want to mm -hmm. watch. That's fair. It was just like that sequence in Spider-Man No Way Home with, where they're like jumping through and they're like getting all digitized and everything. Like that is not for me. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I, I still don't understand why with a budget this big, we are doing so much CGI work. Mm -hmm. How do you avoid that with Doctor Strange, though? Practical him, effects? I don't know. Give I don't him know. bright orange ropes to toss around. No, like, I'm not saying no CGI, but, like, they were clearly, like, just two people in a full room of green screen. Yeah. I, right. It's hitting the issue where the artists and the technology is at the level where they could do this, but the... The art so much has asked of these artists in such a little amount of time that yes, they they could and the technology could do it, but you're you're not going to get a flawless product. And so, on the big screen in the first shot when it's front and center like that, 
it's extra noticeable. I don't think it was it was not as bad to me as it seems it was to y'all. <laughs> I think it might just be like a preference thing. I, mm-hmm. I I don't think that it was bad looking. I don't think it was bad art by any stretch of the imagination. Do not ask me to sit in a in front of a computer and try and do any sort of digital art. But um, that has kind of been deemed as the Doctor Strange aesthetic. And it is not for me. I wouldn't even say that's the Doctor Strange aesthetic. To me, it seems that's sort of that. That's the sort of multiversal travel aesthetic. Mm. Whenever a universe is being traveled, you're in this sort of purple and black sort of distorted galaxy looking backdrop. It seems like that's sort of been the de facto. Like, you're right, you're traveling through universes. This is the sort of the plane that is in between. I here's the thing I've said it multiple times on the pod and it's a very common phraseology but nothing is more powerful nothing is more exciting nothing is more thrilling than what you can imagine in your head if you told me they were just jumping dimensions and now they're in a new world they're in a new timeline they're in a new universe okay I don't need to see it happen I don't need to see the travel I don't feel like Wait, that you progresses about the, the story at all. When him and America are blasting through the different universes? I'm referencing that now. Yes. Right. In general, you're talking about multiverse hopping. I don't right. oh, totally. think we I, need to see it. I agree. I think I think what I meant was that uh, that's sort of the, the area in between. Like, they're not in a universe there. At that's the beginning. Where, yeah, at the beginning mm-hmm. and oh, where the Book of okay. Vashanti is, like... They're, they're not in a universe. They're sort of in between there. Like, we, we got a lot to cover, so we're going to keep moving <laughs> on. <laughs> Our girl, Rachel McAdams, is back. For the, Mel, I'm assuming you haven't seen the first Doctor Strange? I have not. Sorry, Rashawn, I'm just icing you out. This is both in relation to Rachel McAdams and her character and their relationship, but also to the movie as a whole. Were you ever like lost plot-wise or character-wise in this movie? Not at all. No. Yeah. I mean, afterwards... I think I asked Rashawn, like, is there anything I didn't get? Because I feel like I got it all. And I think in the parts where, like, with his hands and the x-ray and all of that, that's, like, alluding to the first one. I was like, okay. I mean, she explained it fine. I got it. And, yeah, I I didn't feel like I was missing out. When you have two actors like Benedict and Rachel McAdams, you get it. You get what their relationship is just based off of a look. Yeah. They brought it. She brought it. Uh, As always. Um, Rashawn, where did the movie start to lose you? I, I was I was pretty done at the wedding. <laughs> so God, the so explain explain that to I, me. So 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 Christine walks up to Strange, yeah. and they're at the bar, mm-hmm. and they're having this super revealing conversation. Where, yeah, in, insane to have at a wedding. At a wedding, at her wedding, at yeah. her yeah. own wedding. But then you turn to a wide two shot of them. And everyone behind them is like, when they walk past them, are blurry. And I'm like, are they in a green screen? I didn't even notice that. It jolted me a little bit. But whatever. It happens. Yeah. I think that's the issue is a good chunk of this movie was shot under COVID protocol. Mm -hmm. So that would make sense if they were in front of a green screen. Just don't have people. You know, know, there is a way to... I, I mean... Far be it from me, like Lacey said, to tell artists how to do their job. 
but there is a way to not make it look like that when you have 200 million dollars especially because it's just a bar it's not like those people have to be there it can literally just be can i pull you aside (laughs) right like there's nothing special yeah but but i digress by the time the monster that was conjured shows up i was just like oh no like already we're already doing the big cgi city battle when he goes to wanda the next 25 minutes or so i was in i was so in so it like i said it was like a yo-yo effect i was in and i was out so yeah because the gargantos let's be real shumagora the big tentacle monster fight scene is is the thing that marvel has been lambasted for the most the cgi fight you know in the big city what's up lacy suicide squad did it better i mean suicide squad had the emotional apex of the entire movie and i think I think it was a big risk that maybe didn't pay off to put it this early. There's some cool shit in there. Uh, the chainsaw spell and the, the the hands plopping the eye out. Your first real hint at body horror was Strange poking the monster's eye out and it crumbling to the ground. The eyeball's some, great. Yeah. Disgusting. There's some good shit in there, but yeah, I think it's a really big risk to have a big CGI in-city monster battle in the first 20 minutes. That's not something I'm gonna fight back on if that if that didn't do it for you because it's not. I thought it was neat and it had good moments in it, but for a character we don't know, for a character we're unfamiliar with, you were were you? I mean, I yeah, I get it. I get it that we're introducing her and we're introducing her in high stakes, but like some. Oh no no! I don't know if it's just I don't. I just wanted Wanda and Doctor Strange. <laughs> I did. I didn't. You didn't need America, you think? I mean, obviously we needed her because her power is the whole point right. of the movie. Right. I don't know. Yeah, anytime, that's the thing, is anytime they cut to America in danger during that first fight scene, it was hard. To care. Se- saying hard to care seems cold, but it was hard to care because, yeah, we just met her, but okay. But let's move on to chunky meat of this story of this movie, and that is uh, Miss Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch, really beautiful misdirect coming into this scene where she's at what you think is this farm and it's lovely and she's quaint and she's picking apples and and caring for sheep. <laughs> the perfect pin drop reveal when she says when she says America's name. That's good shit right there. Yeah. Uh what did you all think of Wanda as a whole in this movie? I mean, I think Elizabeth Olsen is incredible as she far as acting. Her. Yeah, she acted her nuts off in this. Yeah, All I love I loved the twist. I I didn't see it coming, and then every yeah, like I said, everything after that, her showing up at the, at the sanctum is just great. It's great stuff. So. I'm gonna um quote Josh. Here we go. Elizabeth Olsen <laughs> could get it yesterday. She could get it today. Today. And she could get it forever after tomorrow. Shit. (laughs) I loved her. I loved her in this. And I loved seeing the broken Wanda just Mm -hmm. let loose. It was awesome. Yeah. 
from that haunting conversation with Strange to the attack against all the other sorcerers and her playing mind games to the to the mirror dimension and her breaking out, you get a little of the ring action of her coming through the gong. Mm-hmm. Fuck out of here. When it comes to CGI fights, what about stuff like that? Sort of sorcerer v. sorcerer or like witch v. sorcerer. How does that do it for you? That's the thing is like if everything wasn't CGI, then in those moments it could stand out. It could look so much cooler. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we're in this movie and it's like literally minute one where CGI the whole way through, it's hard to kind of, I don't know, like suspend your disbelief a little bit because everything looks so fake. And so when we get to these moments where it's supposed to be like really intense and really action heavy, you're just kind of like, I mean, cool, you know, like it looks, it looks all right. They're doing what they're supposed to do, but there's nothing like, holy shit about it because we've already seen like this massive eyeball fall off a skyscraper, you know, an hour beforehand. So we're just kind of like, yeah, okay. So I agree with you completely, Mila, but that is something that didn't bother me specifically with the fight that you're talking about, Josh, where she's like coming in through the puddles and the gong. All three of them commit to the physicality of their magic so completely Mm-hmm. And so convincingly that that is what is more interesting to me than the actual spells that are coming out of their hands. Okay. Because yeah. Elizabeth Olsen's is completely different than what Dr. Strange and Wong are doing. Right. Um, so that to me kind of appeases that part of my brain, I think. Yeah, I think it's something for me too that I think I I can enjoy and like when there's when there's like a tangible source for the magic for the CGI, like a wizard or a a witch placing using these spells and using their hands. And like you can see there's a practical place that it's coming from instead of just CGI blasting CGI. Yeah. So for me, it's it's way I can kind of really sink into it more if it's like this, where it's, you know, an actor having to do these motions and commit and you can kind of, okay, I'll buy into this person casting these spells because I can see the person casting them. A long winded way to say that's what I meant is like, right, if it's purposeful, I'm like, yeah, I'm with it. We're watching a movie. We're watching a comic book movie so you're like yeah of course i'm not expecting this to be realistic but when everything is like that right okay. once we get to that part i'm like i mean yeah but imagine how much cooler it would have been if we wouldn't have seen that already like 10 minutes 15 minutes an hour ago yeah we'll talk more about that kind of something in a little bit <laughs> then we get to of course the big uh the reason we're here we're just gonna, we're going through this chronologically. Yeah. You get the reason we're here. They jump through the multiverses. This is something that upset me. I don't know. I don't know if it's upset me, but I thought we were going to be in a lot of multiverses. I thought we were going to be jumping universes in this movie, and we settled into one. Yeah. If I had a big critique for this movie, it would be that. I I know it's doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you name your movie multiverse of madness and like the first thing that we do in the multiverse is like oh the traffic lights are different <laughs> you know i'm just like <laughs> yeah uh, wow okay. so crazy crazy girl and so I, 
I was a little like, man, okay, that's that's silly. And we're st- and we're staying here. This is our act two. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. All but right. Regardless, um, we get to Earth was eight three eight, and um, they're traveling. They they go to the Sanctum Sanctorum. They find the new Sorcerer Supreme. She tells Baron Mordo. Rashawn, play the clip. Mella, take it away. <laughs> Baby. It didn't start there, but yeah. It did play. not start there, but we'll... we'll it did, but this. we can't open the, epi- the no. episode. I have a dig with a wig. Why do we need wigs in the first place? I have a dig. I have a dig. I have a dig with a wig. Turn the wigs around. And you know that's supposed to be a wig that he's wearing. I have a dig with a wig. I have a crunchy wig. wig. Throw it away. That's a good word, that wig. Baby. <laughs> but it's a wig. This wig, mama. I want to survey the room except for Rashawn. So, when have you ever (laughs) seen a person, specifically a black person, that has cornrows that ends with dreads? (laughs) When have you ever? So... I'll admit the first time. Well, the answer is never. Never. The first, <laughs> no. the first time I saw the trailer, I didn't connect that it was the same person. Like I saw Chiwetel's face, and I saw the cornrows, and then you kind of see the dreads later. I was like, "Oh, that's not the same hair." Like it didn't. It shouldn't be. It didn't connect. You're it's, right. It doesn't connect. It shouldn't connect. <laughs> wig, not even a wig question. Real hair question to the two black members of the pod. Is that even physically possible? No. <laughs> no, because it goes from a you braid. Have to, you have right. to start at the root of your hair with wax. To okay, get, yeah. To get, to get dreads. You cannot braid <laughs> into and a just dread. like have dreadlocks. <laughs> it does not. It does not work. Hire it, please. Please. Kevin Feige, hire some black women. In the I'm begging. Department. I'm begging you. None of the wigs, <laughs> like, they're fucking, they're not, like, picked out. They're not ready to wear. Like, they just pop them out the fucking cellophane, and they're like, um, Elizabeth, let's try this one on. And then they just throw her on to set. They don't shake it out. They don't comb it. They don't pluck it to the root. Like, it looks fucking horrible. Do you think it's an, an issue of these wigs needing to be custom made for yes. Marvel specifications and then the wigs arriving like at the last second? I mean, it. I fucking hope that's the reason. Y'all because... planning these phases. Yeah, what the put fuck? Put the wig in the budget and put the wig in the, in the spreadsheet. I have a spreadsheet and <laughs> I don't have $200 million to make this podcast. <laughs> Spreadsheets are free. There's the scene when we first see Wanda. And she's picking mm. apples. She has on this trash wig. That didn't. I didn't catch that. So it's bad. But you're also thinking like, okay, well, this is fake. This is another one of her Wanda, her Wandaisms. Like she's not. She's playing a part. So maybe it's intentionally kind of bad. Where you're like, yeah, it looks like a wig. But we're kind of nudging the audience like this. This is not real. But then I'm like, no, this is a Marvel movie. It's just her wig. It's just her fucking wig. I didn't, I didn't catch. I mean, I wasn't. I don't that. I don't flag wigs until like a second watch through, or you guys point them out. So I didn't catch that that f- fake 
Wanda was wearing a wig. Yeah, and it was and like kind it was of like up. the pony. Yeah. For me with Elizabeth Olsen, that's already her hair. So why are we putting her in a wig? Don't understand. Yeah, unless unless she's doing shooting something else, but still. But still, it's just like everyday people have good wigs. So why are we at this multi-million again million dollar movie that they can't just buy a five six hundred dollar wig? I I don't. I and don't just get to, it. Just to safe bet, cornrows can't be wigs like that. <laughs> let's just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when you braid a black person's hair, you see scalp. So <laughs> let's eighty six the wigs. The corner it wigs. Wig. It's just... sitting like two inches above his natural hair. It just uh, it, can't. it can't. It can't. He did not do twelve years of slave to be disrespected like this. <laughs> do not do not do this. Do not do this. Because remind me, Chiwetel usually has short hair, right? Yeah, kind of yeah. like yeah, like yeah, a yeah. short fro. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's wrong with you, that? Well, one, what's wrong with that? So, did they put him in a bald cap and then put the face? So, what did they do? I, I mean, they would have to. I mean, yeah, the wig has a scalp on it. You just can't. <laughs> you just can't. I'm. I know we're spending so much time on this. I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners, but <laughs> it's important. It is important. I know you can pay somebody $200 an hour to braid his hair if you really want him to have it. And that's the thing is like when it comes to that, he can get his, tell him, hey, you're going to be in this fucking Marvel movie again. Grow out your hair. Don't cut it. He can get his hair braided into cornrows. And if they want to add hair at the end of his cornrows, they just braid it in. You know what they could have done if they wanted additional dreads? They could have just put him in a Rasta hat. Period. If you're going to do that, let's say if we're cutting corners, put him in the fucking Rasta hat. That shit's $7 at Party City. It's the same thing. I don't know okay. about that, Josh. <laughs> what do you mean? About that? You want dreads to go down Mordo's I back. I do not. No. That is not the what royal you for. want dreads to go down Mordo's back. <laughs> the quickest, most cost-effective way to do that is to get a Rasta hat for seven dollars from Party City. Move on, move on, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Carmela's dig at a wig. Okay, so we're in Earth A three eight. This is the big, the big moment, the big chunk of the movie. What I wanted to talk about almost the most: the Illuminati. America and Doctor Strange get knocked out and brought to the Illuminati. So we have the new Illuminati with uh, Baron Mordo, with the Captain Carter, the first Avenger, with the Rambo Captain Marvel, and then the crowd goes wild at the Black Bolt, Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards, and of course, Professor X. This is an interesting scene. For me, as a as a Marvel fan, a Marvel diehard, one parts of it got spoiled online. Not even spoiled. Parts of it got shown in trailers. Damn. I mean, the main trailer had Patrick Stewart's voice in it, which don't get me started on why would you do that. Yeah. Um, so I actually was really happy with Black Bolt showing up for one. Mela Black Bolt, if the listeners don't remember, is please. He's the one that gets marked in a matter of seconds. 
I mean, they all do. But specifically, his role and his power and his rank and all that, please. Rank two, <laughs> power, electricity, <laughs> role, oh, very oh, short. Oh. Role what? Very, very short. <laughs> like a two-tail scum. <laughs> He's the king of the Inhumans, keeper of the Terrigen Mist. That's why Black they Agar- do say this. Uh, his real name is Black Agar Boltigan. Anyway. Why? What Agar? <laughs> <laughs> it was the same guy, Ansel Mount, Anson Mount who played him in the horrible TV show, but he was very good. So it was a, to me, it was a neat little send-off for a character that was screwed over. What? It, I don't know, because like, it was cool. It was cool to see Captain Carter, and it was cool to see Reed Richards, and of fucking course it was cool to see Professor X, but at the same time, I knew a lot of people are complaining about, oh, they were introduced and then killed five minutes later, but it's like, I going into it, this is not, this is not our universe, so we know it's going to be empty. I kind of, it was a weird thing, I never really got attached, it always felt sort of surface level not even fan service because they were you know it's the illuminati is a real thing in in the comics so i don't know what did you guys think of this whole scene uh, i didn't need it boo tomato 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 <laughs> <laughs> the scene or lacy no lacy's right <laughs> <laughs> why do we only agree when <laughs> it's not my movie i don't know <laughs> I get where you're coming from, Josh, where you're just like, it was cool to, like, see all these people. Oh, right. a little camp. Oh, like, every so often when they would reveal it. But the bigger picture, you're just like, I didn't need that. Yeah, they do come in just to get murked. Yeah. They come in to show how strong one is. I, I don't know. I don't know how you fix that. Do you just make it an alternate Avengers? You can keep Rambo. You can keep Captain Carter. Make it an alternate Avengers. It doesn't need to be the Illuminati. Black Bolt doesn't need to be there. Reed Richards doesn't need to, I don't know. It's And it just, it, it seems like the safest way to show Wanda's evil. Mm-hmm. She's not going to kill Wong. She's not going to kill Christine or Mordo. So let's have her kill these fan cast yeah. characters. You know, I, I'm not going to say it wasn't cool to see them. And when they played the animated X-Men theme. Oh my god, I was hard as a rock. I got super excited. <laughs> like, it was great. It was great. And the deaths were fucking brutal. The deaths were great. They were really, really scary. It, it felt a way. It felt like a way to raise stakes without altering future plans. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what Which, I mean? Like, I, I'm glad they didn't kill off Rachel McAdams. But killing Christine would would have some weight to it, but it would also make the things that Wanda does irreversible. And I don't right. think they want to do that because she I'm sure back. Elizabeth Olsen is down for more. Yeah, you know. So I I don't know I I didn't. It's, I didn't it, it was also maybe it's an interesting way to just not even flex, just to like stick their flag in the Fantastic Four and the X Men because like everyone knows that they are. Like, they belong to Disney now, but this was a way in one scene to be like, and the Inhumans, which was used to be like a rights issue. This movie sort of, Disney s- stuck their flag in every Marvel property at this point. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, like I said, it was cool. The Seeing Charles Xavier, seeing Patrick Stewart one more time, a little encore. Logan was always the perfect send-off for those two characters, but 
singing a little encore i didn't hate the his scene was cool his scene was the most to me the most it felt like a comic book movie like i'm going to go into the plane of wanda's mind and like materialize and then and then this dark cold version of her which you know she didn't snap his neck i saw a slowed down gif of it she ripped his head in half oh oh she rips his she rips his head in half like i'll find it and send it to you guys it's fucking like it's not oh a my neck snap God. it's like you already said it but the deaths were like incredibly brutal which i fucking loved loved it yeah but the black bolt death shook me to my core i'm not one of those people like i can't believe they got away with this a pg-13 i can't believe disney let sam raimi do this and that's a good in a good way like that's fucking cool the black bolt death it truly shocked me because like from then on out like okay i was kind of ready for it even the captain carter cutting her half i was kind of ready for it it's when black bolt's brain explodes and you see the blood well up in his eyes and i was like oh my god yeah it was intense <laughs> the sam raimi of it all mm-hmm. i feel like i wish i could see a cut of his movie he because this yeah. is what happens when we have like a really cool director or a director that has like such a specific style of directing or idea and then maybe he made that movie and then Marvel or Disney and they're like, well, we have to do this instead. We have to, it has to look like this. And I feel like that's where the tone of it all and the look of it all starts getting shifty for me. Okay, I've seen Doctor Strange in this movie and that's how he looks. And I don't even, re- I don't even necessarily mean physically in the movies. And then we're watching this one and... I don't know. It just doesn't quite work. I, I caught the same thing the most in Eternals with Chloe Zhao. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. you can see when Chloe Zhao got what she wanted, both out of the filmmaking and in the editing room. And then when she runs into yep. what Marvel needs it to be. Whether that's a continuity thing, whether that's a connective tissue thing. Same with Sam. You can tell when Sam Raimi has the control and he's, he's behind the camera and behind the, the editing board. And then you can tell when that stops. It is notable that he didn't write this. So I don't, I don't know. That's, he had two masters to serve, which is just part of joining the MCU. But like Mela said, I, I wish... I don't even think there was a different cut. I, I wish he was able to just like take their yes and their green light and go into his own corner and bring them back a movie. Right. Because I think it will look so different. And I feel like there's a lot of things, a lot of characters even, that wouldn't be in his version of the movie. Yeah. Rashawn, you said there were some of your favorite things Marvel's ever done in this movie. Yeah. Are they, what are they? Um, I, I just, uh, I like, Sam Raimi is very specific in, in his horror comedy. And, um the the ringu kind of evil dead wanda moment crawling out of the the bubble or the puddle was one of them um we haven't gotten to like deadite doctor strange which was yeah, so that's, fucking that's the final, cool that's our final talking point um well second yeah so so stuff like that where i'm just like i never thought they would let a horror director having said that I feel like Scott Derrickson was really going to let loose with this movie and they had to pull him back because I don't think you can get a movie that's kind of slapsticky like Evil Dead 2, but 
but I'm thinking an MCU movie that's like sinister, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's just we're not gonna. I would get love that. to see Scott Derrickson's original plan for this too. Yeah, and I, and he's such a like a gentleman and a good sport about it, and he's still yeah. very vocal about how excited he was. But I'm sure passing it off to Sam Raimi was a really big deal to him. So yeah. I think he's still on as a producer of some he sort. Is, yeah. Um. So now we're at the point where. Fast forward a little bit, more action, more chasings, the sewer chasing with a legit jump scare. That was kind of neat. Um, we get to we get to another universe, multiverse jump with another evil Doctor Strange. And we get to something we can all agree on. One of the coolest fucking parts of the movie where Sam and Danny Elfman put their dicks on the table. <laughs> and we get what has been referred to as the music note fight. Mm-hmm. That yeah, shit was cool. cool as hell. So, so cool. And it it was took just like, me a second to get on board. Yeah. Me too. At first I was like, oh, Christ. Like, mm-hmm. the first attack and the first counterattack, I was like, is this? But, like, then the background music swelled and they kind of, the faster it got, I was like, no, this is sick. Yeah. But, see, I f- this is one of those things that it feels like Sam and Danny, like you said, they're doing their thing. I want that through the whole movie, though. Mm-hmm. I don't want us to come to the damn near end and be like, this was really cool. Like imagine that whole vision throughout the whole movie. And yeah, I mean, I think there would have been those diehard Dr. Strange fans that would have been like, this is not my Dr. Strange, but it would have been like people like us where it's like, well, yeah, it's not our Dr. Strange. And this is why we love it because it is so different. It could have been though. Like it could have been. That's yeah. The thing. Dr. Strange is there's, there's no real like, I mean, I'm not as diehard of a reader as Doctor Strange, but we've had a few iterations of him already between Doctor Strange 1 and Endgame. Mm -hmm. Doctor Strange really just needs to be powerful and cocky and confident. Those are the main three ingredients, and you can work with him. And then, of course, our Doctor Strange wins the fight, gets a hold of the Darkhold, and in a beautiful callback twist, I think a really cool moment, again, a a, a fantastic trailer twist as well, because... Everyone thought evil zombie strange from what if and from the trailer was going to be the other antagonist of the movie. Stephen Strange uh, possesses his own dead body in a different universe (laughs) and goes on to fight Wanda with an army of uh, raving dead souls. What is the Christine line? You're the master. You're a master of the mystic arts. Use it. Mm. Cool shit. (laughs) That's that's movie shit. I don't care. That's movie shit. What did we think of the final, the final act? I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I, I um, part of my issue with the movie is I didn't know we were in the third act until the third act was over, mm-hmm. and I just think that was kind of messy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean when the hand pops out of the grave, yeah, that was that's just pure cool. Evil Dead Sam Raimi, and I was so happy. Yeah, I I, I loved it. I, I just didn't like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like the middle. I, I like the end, but I didn't like. I didn't like, and this is not a knock on Benedict Cumberbatch because I think he is phenomenal. I think he's a great Doctor Strange, but I think he leaned into Zombie Strange a little too much, rather than just being our Strange in a zombie body, like his his. I can see that yeah. vocalization was... and his mannerisms. I don't know. It, for me, it would have made more sense for him to be a little bit more put together 
as far as his physicalization, but he really like played into like the wobbly head and you know the kind of gangly zombie at times. Because when Wanda does it, she's just completely in control of the other Wanda. Right. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah, I had that same thought, Lacey. But it, then it's like, okay, are they playing with, because he's been in the ground for a few days, are some of his vocal, like, is he decomposing or, or have, have tendons snap? He is a decomposing body. They Maybe they're trying to play with that, but it felt, it didn't feel specific enough. Mm-hmm. So it's like, just just have him be Doctor Strange in this dead body, I think. Especially because he's in the dead body delivering the emotional apex of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, this big speech to America and, like, trusting herself and using her abilities. So it's like, it was weird that it was this sort of wobbly-mouthed. Yeah. Yeah. I did love that, though. That that felt very Raimi, that it, the message of the movie or the emotional breakthrough is delivered in this like hokey zombie moment mm-hmm. so so i really did like that but i do understand what you're saying Lacey, and that you know he completely takes on that physicality of it um but I, I dug it a little bit please let's talk about the ending ending with wanda and wanda right yeah i just i mean elizabeth olsen is acting for her fucking life in this mm-hmm. movie i mean she's scary and heartbreaking and creepy and funny and I think it's one of the most powerful messages about motherhood that I've seen in a Marvel movie. God, I can't remember the line she says. It's early on now. He says, I think I, because I heard you. (laughs) I was like two seats away, but I heard you. But he's like, (laughs) You made up your children with magic. And she says, every mother does that. Every mother does that. It's a good line. And then when she's facing the other universe's Wanda at the end, the other Wanda doesn't meet her with aggression or fear. She meets her with compassion and love and lets her know that she's going to take care of the boys, that they're going to be loved. And that just broke me and it, it did i thought it was so powerfully done yeah there's the really i've seen some people complain about like how did that how how was that all it took to to beat the scarlet witch did it and it's like y'all weren't paying attention no yeah. you think that was the whole thing i mean I, I i understand the criticism because i feel like there's a sequel to wandavision in the middle of this doctor strange movie hmm and all the battles and the chases are so bombastic and and loud. So it it's a f- refreshing change in the end. But I, I get how someone who's just hungry for the big big Marvel stuff might feel a little let down. But I don't know. I, I was hurt. No, I thought it was really well done. Yeah, a couple more things. The third eye. Absolutely what the hell? not. What the hell? <laughs> I loved it. No, you know. Okay. I do. Here's here's why. Oh, you go first, and then I'll say why. I just want to say that that's a cool, not even a callback. It's big in the comics, but there's a moment in Doctor Strange 1. There's a cool moment in Doctor Strange 1. I don't know if it's cool. There's a moment in Doctor Strange 1 where Tilda Swinton's ancient one is teaching him, and he's like not getting it and she goes open your eye 
or whatever. He's like, what? He says, open your eye and presses her thumb on his forehead. That's his third eye, baby. Mm. <laughs> Under his forehead flap. <laughs> it's a <laughs> weird... Go ahead, Rochelle, what were you going to say? Here's why I liked it. And I know we just had a 30-minute dig with the wig. But I can't speak to whether it was intentional or not, but I feel like it was a nice throwback to Sam and Ted Raimi with Bruce Campbell in a cabin with makeshift, no money at all, just doing the best they could with their prosthetics and their blood and kind of this is, that's the kind of third eye that they would make without any studio budget behind them. And it looked kind of wonky and I was just, I was into it. But I realized the movie that it was in, it should have been better. Mm Mm-hmm. It didn't blink. Yeah, like the moose on the wall, the hand, like it all just felt very. The eyeball grungy. on the Book of the Dead in Hocus Pocus is better than the eyeball <laughs> okay, on Doctor Strange's forehead. I think. I think the eyeball with the eyeball, we've reached the point of the, of the worry of, and sometimes, especially in maybe the calmer scenes, the uncanny valley. Of, if you make it good enough, if you make it too good. It's freaky, and I don't know, and, and but it has to be bad. It's to me, there's no real winning with a CGI eyeball on your forehead. Yeah, this was strange. Hey, <laughs> hey, um, but that's also a very big thing in the comics. He does have a third eye, the eye of Agamotto, the thing he used to wear around his neck. Yeah, goes up to his forehead, so it's actually a thing. And then finally, our critical analysis of Doctor Strange would not be complete without the mention of the mid credit scene and the appearance of Clea. Forget everything I said. <laughs> the MCU is the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that talking for the past hour? Because it wasn't me. <laughs> I think our entire row leaned forward just to look at Rashawn and all of our necks. Baby, I had no idea. Yeah. I don't even know who she is. I don't care who she is. Whatever. Okay. She, when's it, do you remember when's Dorma- it releasing? Do you remember Dormammu from the first one? Yes. She is Dormammu's niece. Great. See you then. I'm like, the MCU is kind of tiring me. Guess what? We cast Angela Bassett in Black Panther. Uh, I'm kind of over it. Michelle Pfeiffer is in Ant-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Charlie, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Feige, you will pay for your crimes, but I'll I'll see you soon. Are they? They're kind of out though, right? Yeah, yeah. Th- I mean, those are my. That's my holy trinity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. Any more grievances? Yes, Josh. What do you want to say? So hear me <laughs> out, y'all. I'm sorry to listeners if you want to hear us argue. New movies oftentimes just turn into critical discussions. Deal with it. I don't fucking care. Hey, um, stop talking to our listeners like that. They are nice. They are nice. But if they're mad at listeners, I know it's another universe talking about this universe. However, this Marvel universe, the MCU, is not Universe 616. The MCU already has a designation. It's Earth 19999. 616 is the main comic book continuity. And by convoluting the two, you're already feeding into the fucking dweebs who are pissed when a movie isn't perfectly comic accurate. This is... Mela, focus. Pay attention. This is Earth 19999. Oh, Josh. Nobody gives a fuck. 
Also, what's interesting, Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio, he was like, this is Earth-616. How did he know that? He's when smart. did he say this? In, in Spider-Man, when he's lying about being a, a multiverse-traveling dude, uh, he calls it Earth-616, which, again, is the main comics continuity. This The MCU is Earth-19999. How you remember all this shit? Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Give him a pat on the head. Do you know how many times I've heard that word in that tone in my life? Cool. Hundreds. What else you got? <laughs> anyway, I, love you. I, d- I did. I did enjoy hearing you super hyped when Reed Richards showed up. Mm-hmm. I do love when Josh is super excited at a movie. It- because I did, I that was the one I didn't, un, I didn't expect, and I don't know if I want John Krasinski to be Reed Richards forever. No, oh. boo! Tomato, more tomatoes, tomatoes. Oh, <laughs> what, real quick, they had to CGI the suit. Why? I don't, I don't want to even want to get into that. I don't know why. If y'all Whose body do, was that? If y'all Whose decide to that? bring him back, get this man a real suit. We know his the, body is banging. Wait, Rashawn, did you boo me? Do you want Krasinski to be Reed? No, I do not. Yeah, I saw I saw a, a leak rumor or whatever that it was going to be Glenn Howerton from Always Sunny. Perfect. William Jackson Harper. Who's I'm that? Listening. Who's that? That hot I'm, guy. I'm listening to that because here's the thing: Kang is a is a is a is a descendant of Reed Richards, <laughs> and Kang is black. In the MCU. Mm. So. Well, the variant of King is black. The variant, but they're not going to fucking. Can you imagine? They're not going to do all that. You, you have me with William Jackson Harper. Hold on now. You're on to something there. That's not mine. Shout out to Ray. But I'm just, I'm stealing it. But um, I don't know. Cast all unknowns for the Fantastic Four. Fuck yeah. And yeah. surround them with. Surround them with big names for the villains. Doctor Doom. But I'm sure they already have them cast. But it's, um. Hot take: The most important casting of the Fantastic Four is Ben Grimm. The thing, he is the heart of the Fantastic Four, and if you get him wrong, uh, it will be a bad movie. How do you? I'm sorry. Again, the Daniels. Thank you for your brilliance. Everything, everywhere, all at once is just mind blowing. Like hot dogs for fingers. I love it. How do you, as Marvel, not bring back Chris Evans as Johnny Storm? You have a movie called The Multiverse of Madness, and you just... Maybe he didn't want to. I was, that's the only explanation I can think of. Get You showed up in Free Guy, but you're not going to come back to fucking... <laughs> Christopher Jamal. Christopher Jamal, I will text you later. Also, final thing. This is... When I ask for grievances, you guys can think of this as your grievances because you're miserable hearing me talk about this. For those of you complaining about there's no Thanos, there's no final whatever to this arc there is they're doing secret wars they're doing the two universes are colliding that's how miles morales showed up that's how a bunch of different characters showed up that's happening uh we know it for fact actually they're doing it as a tv show well, this guy got a direct line to fight well no what the, 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 the show has already been cast and is happening amelia clark is in it christopher mcdonald's in it shooter mcgavin I don't know if we know what you're talking about. Nope. <laughs> you lost me, my sweet. Anyway, who wants to play a game? Me! Me!
Multiverse of the Cinephiles. Cute. Uh, the cinevi- the Cinephiles and the multi the cin- multi Cinephile multiverse. <laughs> oh my. How <laughs> much of that do you want me to leave in? All of it. And I want you to put that verbatim on the spreadsheet when you list what game we played. Characters from movies we have covered in our previous 100 plus episodes have entered the multiverse. And they are going to enter into other movies that we have done in our 100 plus episodes through distortion of the multiverse they're going to go through land in a new movie and do something there i'm going to give you a short description of what happened you're going to have to buzz in and tell me the two movies involved okay got it yeah Mm -hmm. two two points each um for example i'll give you an example one if i said bruce wayne wakes up in New York City to find six new heroes fighting an alien invasion, and he joins them to save the city. The answer would be the Dark Knight and the Avengers. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I would have not got that. This is cool. Okay, ready? Jack walks into North Carolina, happy to finally be closer to home. He notices a sad young woman sitting by herself, approaches her. Hi, I'm Jack. She looks at him, smiles, responds nice to meet you jack i'm Allie. that's a dead tie between you two no um, it's me it melly so you didn't raise your hand who do you think who did you see first no it was honestly the same okay so we're gonna flip the coin well, you, uh, go you go Lee. no it's Lincoln? fine let's flip the coin Arthur, it's fine it's me I was <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm flipping uh-huh. this this is lacy this is her shot okay big ass coin Lacey. Yes. It's Lacey. Titanic and the notebook. That is correct. I see. I get it. Rick opens his eyes, looks around, and doesn't look much different. Hotter, maybe. After a few breaths, however, he begins to feel different. He can see for miles and miles. In fact, he can see underground and maybe even in the future. And then he sees what he can only describe as a worm. Rashawn? Dune. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. What? I didn't know we could just guess one. Yeah. Uh, Mella? Groundhog Day? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, fuck. Phil. Rick? That's Phil. Phil. Oh, that's right. Duh. But you said Rick. I said Rick. Yeah. There's another hint at the beginning as well. It's hot. It doesn't look much different. Hotter, maybe. Lacey, has to, Lacey gets a guess first. That's a space movie. Three. I don't. Sandy. Two. Oh, the mummy. The mummy is correct. Yes. <laughs> His name is Rick. Fuck. <laughs> 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 All right. Doctor Honeydew lands in the lab at just the right time. It seems the man in front of him is in danger. After a few quick calculations and scientific guessing, the doctor takes his newly created formula and injects it into the man, who then immediately swells back up to his former size. If only Beaker were here to see this, Honeydew laments. Or Sean? Is it Haunted Mansion and the Nerdy Professor? I would have taken either Muppet movie. Okay. <laughs> it is the Muppets 
<laughs> and the nutty professor. The fact that you got that is very upsetting. <laughs> That's really upsetting, yeah. Um, bonus point if you can tell me Dr. Honeydew's first name. Go. First one to say it. Honey. Doctor. It's the Bunsen. <laughs> oh, burner, right. like a burner. That's cute. Bunsen and Beaker. Adorable. Yeah. Ready? Dewey walks into the school. At least it's a high school now. Unsure of where to go, he starts wandering. Finally, he finds an empty. Lacey. School of Rock and uh, Never Been Kissed. Incorrect. Fuck. Well, School of Ro- School of Rock is correct. How did so you miss point. that? Rashawn? Scream. No. How did you miss that? So now, Mela, you have a free <gasps> guess. You, you do not. I can finish this. You can finish it. And you have a free guess at the end, okay? Cool. Unsure of where to go, he starts wandering. Finally, he finds an empty room with two students in it. He asks, hey, dude and dudette, where's the music room? The girl turns, points down the hall. Dewey, shocked, says, whoa, you look like you're ready to burst, little lady. And the girl looks down and says, what? I'm pregnant? Since when? Mello, what's the other movie? Juno. That is correct. Dewey's Jack Black's name? Yeah. This is why. You thought it was Scream. (laughs) This is why he and I can never get along. (laughs) Uh, There are multiple Deweys, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Trickster. What a world. I didn't even think about that. That's funny. Natalie comes to just as the building around her begins to crumble down. Sprinting outside, she looks up and sees the chaos. I wish the girls were with me. Guess I'll have to do this by myself, she says, taking a heroic step forward. Just then, she is crushed by a hairy 15-meter-long foot, killing her instantly. Rashawn? Full throttle. That's correct. Three, two, one. What's your mellow? A hairy 15-foot-tall foot? 15 meter long foot or 50 feet long foot thank you <laughs> about like 40 45 Mello? um king kong i mean, need the full movie name please king kong versus godzilla i'll give it to you it's godzilla versus king kong but i'll give it to you <laughs> um it's anybody's game really still uh tied in the lead 4-4 Place for Sean Melly, you have two. There are four points left on the board. Tess opens the double doors. Appalled by the condition of the place, she says, such a shame to herself. She approaches the first worker she sees, ready to tell them all about how she can fix the place up, bring in new entertainment, make a fortune. But before she can, the employee asks her, will you be staying in the great state of California or the great state of Nevada? Rashawn? Uh, That is... Burlesque and Bad Times at the El Royale. Damn. Bang. Tiffany is too late. She was running as fast as she could, but it wasn't fast enough. Thankfully, that bitch is still here. If she can't save this universe, she can at least get revenge. Without a wasted step, Tiffany jumps up and buries her knife into Yolanda's chest, smiling though. Pride of Chucky and Selena. That's correct. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> that is it for uh, the uh, the multiverse of when the cinephile the cinephile multiverse of the cinephiles when the our cine- the multiverse of the cinephiles attack. You got me disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> Rashawn, you win. 
you what was your guys's favorite new movie when they kill um, yolanda fuck that bitch yeah when yeah. tiffany, yeah. Kill yolanda, when tiffany kills great. yolanda yeah i was pretty proud of that one i Burl, i would watch burlesque at the bat at the el royale that'd be kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm into that School of Rock and Juno. I mean, I made some bangers. Christina Aguilera good. and Cynthia Erivo. Duet. Absolutely. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like the beginning of I Wanna, I wanna shoot, shoot, baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Wrapping things up, it seems that we can come to the conclusion that um, Elizabeth Olsen is one hell of an actress. Mm-hmm. The music note scene was dope as shit. And uh, the X-Men 90s cartoon theme song is the best sex song ever written. Oh my god, you're not supposed to reveal things like that. <laughs> On Mike. <laughs> Have you guys seen the concept art? for the- They're bringing that back, by the way. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. I didn't. They're bringing it back like new, taking, just picking up where it's called X-Men 97. They released a concept art. It looks so fucking good. What are we talking about? Okay. Um, <laughs> Give us right. another Sam Raimi horror movie. Yes. Drag me to hell too. Let him do his own thing. Drag me back to hell. We end each episode with a quick round of six degrees of separation, connecting this week's episode to next week's episode. So... Who can give me the fastest connection between Benedict Cumberbatch and Billy Crystal, baby? Sheesh. There ain't no way. Power couple right there. <laughs> there ain't no way. You get with it already? <laughs> no, I said there ain't no way. <laughs> One movie that probably help. I got it. No, no, Sean! Sorry. Hey, give me a chance. I'm not, I'm not sorry. I barely <laughs> turned on. What the fuck? He, he smoked that limitless weed. Seriously. <laughs> the other 80% of my brain is on. Okay. Um, Benedict is in August, Osage County, with Meryl Streep, who is in... Lions for Lambs with Tom Cruise. What the fuck? Who is in Top Gun with Meg Ryan? Who is in When Harry Met Sally? Sure, Dude, Crystal. whatever. She's in Top Gun. Yes. Damn. She is Goose's wife. The Goose. The Goose. Um. Good job. Who actually? Rashawn. Yes. Right? <laughs> Rashawn body. We it, all yes. tried it. I was, I was listeners. I was like. 20 minutes. It's not in the episode, but that was 20 minutes. That was a long time. That was the long, probably the most dead air you're going to have to cut out. Um, that's it for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, we'd love if you took a moment, subscribed, and rated us on Apple Podcasts. You can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, Good Pods, Google. Follow us, like us, rate us on there as well. Anywhere else you get your podcasts, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CinephileAttack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode or you just want to show us some love or some hate mail, fuck it. Email us at WhenCinephilesAttack at gmail.com. Josh. Mella. Lacey. And Rashawn. Bye. See ya. (laughs)